You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. This wonderful Palm Sunday, everybody waving their palm branches as we worship. It's a good day to be in the house of the Lord. Jesus instructs two of his disciples with specific instructions to go and, and to fetch a donkey and, and it's full. And, and we find that recorded in, in Mark. As we look at Palm Sunday today, you can see all the dynamics and the specific ways in which Jesus sends his two disciples and how they find and discover the exact animal that he's supposed to ride into Jerusalem with. Instead of some kind of majestic steed, some kind of charger that brings in the King of Kings into Jerusalem, it's the humble, meek animal of a donkey that he rides in. <clears throat> We're going to veer today because of one sentence that's in the Gospel of Matthew that's not in Mark, Luke, nor John. So today, we're veering from the Gospel of Mark to the Gospel of Matthew, beginning at verse 8. <clears throat> A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus entered the temple area, drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. When the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, and the children shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying, they asked him? Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read? From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we ask for ears to hear what you're saying to the church today. Give us eyes to see and hearts to be filled with compassion that we might obey in this day all that the Lord has said. Amen. So we have Jesus coming, and from the town that he's leaving, there are people who are following him. They're cutting down the branches, they're putting them on the road, they're taking their cloaks off, laying it before what they see as the king. The nationalistic pride and everything that's taking here, they're thinking this is the time that now our king is going to take over and undo the Roman authorities that have been ruling over us. And so they're all excited. They think that this is going to be one cosmic clash in Jerusalem. 
and it was, but it was different than what they perceived. They were looking for a political military action. But here Jesus comes as the Prince of Peace. And as he comes, we got the crowds that are, that are coming from Bethany, Bethphage, and as they're, as they're heading this way toward Jerusalem, then we have the stir that's going on in Jerusalem. And the crowds from Jerusalem have heard that Jesus is on his way. So now the crowds from Jerusalem are coming out. And so there are the crowds in front of Jesus and the crowds behind him. And they're all celebrating because they're anticipating it's our time. We're number one. We are going to get our due today. <clears throat> and so we have all of the celebration. The hopes of a Messiah that has been in the hearts of the Jewish people for all these years, they see as being culminated in Christ. And the, the general public acknowledge that because they've, they've, they've seen what he's done. They've heard his teaching and his preaching. And so now they're, they're coming into Jerusalem and they're hoping that this is going to be the beginning of a new regime over the area. So they spread their cloaks on the road. They cut the branches from the trees and spread them on the road. They shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You'll notice that the Hosanna to the son of David is gonna be a refrain that the children that are part of this parade, they're hearing and they're joining in and they also reintroduce it later in the temple. When Jesus enters Jerusalem, the whole city's stirred. They're asking, who is this? Who is this that's causing such a commotion, that's causing such a stir in, in the people? And they're trying to figure it out. But the crowds answer, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. So they got part of it right. He's the prophet. The, the concept that when the Messiah comes, he will be the prophet, priest, and king. And as he's coming, everything about his entrance is that he's about to go from prophet to king. They kind of missed that really he's coming to be the priest. He's coming to mediate a new covenant for us with Father God. And so... Here's Jesus, he's coming. Jerusalem doesn't know what to do. They're all stirred up. Now he enters into the temple area. There's an interesting dynamic that's taking place here. Jesus is bringing judgment to the religious system of that day that is functioning in the holy temple. He drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. This is taking place in what we call the court of the Gentiles. It's the court just outside the temple but it's part, it's considered part of the temple. It's the place where those who are not uh, pure enough, whether it's having to do with the purification standards, if you've 
touch something that was dead and you hadn't been purified, then this was as far as you could go. You couldn't go any further into the temple because to go any further in the temple required a certain purity of, of your own character, your own being, your own ability to come in. This was the place where the Gentiles were allowed to come and to worship and to pray. And Jesus said, my house is a house of prayer. Now Matthew leaves out for all nations, but it's implied there. It's, it's the place where the Gentiles, this is the place where the Gentiles can, can come and, and pray. The, the dynamic is that religion, the religious system that has no longer functioned the way God intended his house to function, has taken the only place where those who would see themselves as unclean could come and gather to pray, and they turned it into a market. They turned it into a place of buying and selling. They turned it into a place of exchanging, and there's all sorts of, of illegal, immoral type of dynamics that's taking place with overpriced for, you know, you, you bring your little lamb from home and we'll find a spot on it and therefore you can't sacrifice that. You gotta buy one of ours. Of course, it's like going to the airport and getting gas. Uh, it's been jacked up. The price is at least a dollar more than any place else. And, and so they had a whole system in their religious and they've taken the one place where the outsider could come and pray and commune with God and they turned it into a market, into a money exchange. So Jesus comes in and he brings a judgment through his actions. He says, this is not the purpose of my father's house. It's to be a place of prayer. And within your religious caste system, however you want to do that, you're not holy enough so you can only talk to the father out here. Guess what? The father will meet you wherever you come to meet with him. And so they had taken that away from them, which is really interesting because if, if you see what happens next, <clears throat> the blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. Both the blind and the lame were considered impure to go any further than the court of Gentiles. That's as far as they could go because of their, their, their defect. They were blind, they were lame. This is as far as they could go in the house of God. And they knew that. And here Jesus overturns the, the religious system and he heals the blind and the lame. This is the only place in the gospel were that sentences in all four gospels. Matthew's the only one that records what happens. So we have this dynamic, he comes, he cleanses the temple, he, he brings a judgment on the religious system, he heals the blind and the lame, mm. and the children start singing, Hosanna, to the son of David. Hosanna to the son of David. Now, if you have the gift of interpretation, you'll realize that the infant over here is, is saying Hosanna to the son of David. <laughs> if you have ears to hear that, you'll, you'll hear that. She, we're, we're praising the Lord. 
Why are they praising the Lord? The kids are very impressionable. They heard it all the way from Bethany, Bethphage, all the way into Jerusalem. They've heard the crowd singing it. But now they see the healings of the blind and the lame. I don't know about you, but when you see somebody get healed, I get juiced. I get excited. I mean, I don't even have to be in my A game in the spirit to, to come in and to see somebody get healed. It's like, wow, that's wonderful. And the kids burst forth back into that praise that's acknowledging that Jesus is the Messiah in the temple. <clears throat> I think it's important. I'm so glad that Matthew put this in. <clears throat> As I was comparing the text and I saw that, I thought, we're going with Matthew today. Because I felt like the Lord was saying, the blind and the lame is always on his heart. He wants to heal the blind and the lame. And today we're going to add the deaf. Hearing, visual, mobility issues is what I believe this Palm Sunday opens the door to and says, come, Jesus is here. He wants to heal you of your sickness. I love that. What happens with religion? Religion goes to murder. The religious leaders hear the children singing these praises to Jesus and they are indignant. They are indignant. The word for indignant here in, in this passage is the same word that is used of the 10 disciples when they find out that James and John's mother has asked for the first and second place, the right and left hand of Jesus in his kingdom. And when the 10 disciples heard that, they were indignant. Here their religious leaders are so indignant and here, they're, they're without excuse. Here, do you see what the text says? They saw the wonderful things he did. They saw that. But what does religion do when they see the miraculous? They move toward murder. The children shouting in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant. They were moving toward murder. And they asked Jesus, do you hear what these children are saying? It's like, you need to tell these kids to stop. Stop that right now. That's not appropriate. <laughs> because these children are saying that you are the Messiah and they're saying it in the temple. And Jesus goes one better. He says, yes, I hear them. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise? Jesus is quoting Psalm 8 and verse 2 says, From the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe, the foe and the avenger. The praise of the children. The children are saying, Jesus is the Messiah, the son of David. 
The chief priests are so indignant. They're saying, stop it. You've got to stop them from doing that. And Jesus takes it one, one higher. And when he says, haven't you heard? And he quotes from Psalm 8. Psalm 8 is attributed to God. It's not just the Messiah. Here Jesus is saying, in saying that this has been ordained, it replies to me, I am not only the Messiah, I am God. And that really stirred them. That really got them going. And we know that the rest of the week, they're plotting how to kill Jesus. How to kill Jesus. Now, mind you, in the midst of all of this, everything that Jesus is going through in the passion of this week, he still has time to heal. The lame and the blind. Hmm. Now that's a savior. What a savior. I love that he's always doing what his father's doing. So rebellion, we know that when we rebel against the Lord, there's always a dynamic of something's dying. There's a dynamic of death. And with religion, it goes beyond just death. It goes to premeditated murder. I think that's why I hate religion so much. And that's why when I see myself behaving out of religion instead of relationship with the Lord, it grieves my heart. It's so much easier to follow the rules than be in relationship with a person. And so today, we're asking the Lord to come and do it again. As we take communion together, there is an interesting revival that's taking place in our land right now. People are taking the sacrament and are getting instantly healed. People are going into baptismal waters and coming out whole. The testimonies is just amazing of what's happening in the earth today. The two sacraments that the Lord left to us are means of his expressing his grace toward us. And one of the manifestations of his grace towards us is forgiveness, is peace and restoration, but it's also healing. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.